Welcome to Strong Faith, Fit Life, the daily-ish podcast where we explore the intersection of faith and health to help you build strength from the inside out. My name is Deborah, and this is Wendy. Hello. Welcome to the show. Many families in the 80s found it a time of deep struggle to make ends meet. Interest rates were at an all-time high. Borrowing money wasn't just painful. It was excruciating. In 1981, the average interest rate for a home, for borrowing money in general, was 16%. And I personally, my parents had an interest loan, and we talk about it all the time. It was an 18% arm. Uh, Arm means adjustable rate mortgage, in case you did not know. (laughs) And when things adjust, they tend to adjust up. Well, the bank always adjusts in favor of them, right? Not the favor of the consumer. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, budgets were tight. And we feel this pain today. As interest rates are again rising, borrowing money has become hard again. Finding rental homes has become difficult. The cost of living is raise, rising daily. We are burdened by rising gas prices and inflated food prices. And what does this mean for our budgets? They get smaller and smaller. Wendy and I, like many of the kids growing up in the late 80s, spent our time in the grocery store either with a calculator or being the calculator, adding up food so we got the most. And by adding up food, I don't just mean being like one tomato, two tomato. I mean, the tomato cost, you know, five tomatoes cost a dollar. You know, at the time, ground turkey cost 98 cents a pound. We had a lot of ground turkey growing up in my house because it was cheap. Um, so literally adding up the cost of the food. So we got the most food for our money. Mm-hmm. Every family had their own u- unique way of maximizing their food budgets. So in my family, I did not actually know what the food budget was. Um, we didn't talk about budget. Uh, I know that my parents made a list to go to the grocery store with. And I know we had coupons, but they didn't really explain things to me. Like I didn't know how this worked. My one and only job was to keep a running total of the groceries in the cart. So I, that's how I learned to, um, estimate up. So I learned to round up, uh, when it came to the cost of something rather than round down, because if you round up, then you'll have enough money because you overestimate it. Yeah. So my mom would do exactly what you did. And I was the actual calculator. So my mom would round up and I would do the actual prices of every food that we put into the basket. Mm -hmm. And when we got to the cash, when we got to the cashier to check out, my mom and I would compare notes and then we would see which one based on taxes um, and, you know, whatever the cost was, which one of us was closer. Right. And usually we split the difference. My mom's rounding put her just a tiny bit over and Mm -hmm. mine because I did the actual put us a tiny bit under. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, it's interesting though. Cause when I go to the grocery store now, I don't have to do as meticulous calculations as I used to when I was a kid. Like I just know I'm like, Oh, I looked at this. This cart's about $75. But the thing is $75 looks very different in 2023 than it did in 1993. <laughs> 100%. So, like $75 may get you like six things, especially if you go to a warehouse store, like it's the contrast between what you could get, what you used to be able to get. And then what you can get now is significant. But despite all that, 
I have noticed that the cost of eating healthy proportionally hasn't really changed. The same. I, I agree right. with you on, I actually agree with you on that. Cause I, a lot of people tell me, I, I hear this comment all the time. Well, it's expensive to eat healthy. And I'm like, the thing is, it's actually not because mm-hmm. I've done, I've done the math thing and I'll, Wendy's talking about going to regular grocery stores with her cart. I do once a month at Costco mm-hmm. and I am having done groceries the way I've done them for so long. I'm dead on. I always know what my bill is. I haven't even done the math. Like I haven't even sat there. I mean, like this is nine 99 and this is 13 99. Like I don't even have to do it. I walk up and they're like, Oh, you bought the whole store. And I'm like, yeah, well it's only like six fifty. And they're like, really? And I love it when the cashier looks at me and she's like, Oh my word, how did you do that? <laughs> and I'm dead on. Like I will say in the past couple of months or year, this past two years, I have noticed that what used to cost me $500 now costs me seven. Mm-hmm. And again, that's guys, when I go to the bulk store, I only go to Costco. I go once a month and then I buy literally bulk everything. And then I buy my vegetables in between. Right. And also Deborah's got a family of five. I do. I- in my house, it's just me and my husband. So our food bill is significantly uh, smaller. So, but the reality is the healthy foods themselves haven't actually gone up. Box products have. That's right. usually where I see the increase in cost. Things like bread have gone up significantly, but that's mm-hmm. a, that's a packaged product, whether we want to talk about it or not. Um, but vegetables, not a little bit, but nowhere near as nowhere near the jump, just to throw that out there. But that said, listen, guys. We are all tightening our belts. So when it comes to that, we have something very important to share with you guys today. And it's this, not all carbs are created equal. If you're ready to take control of your health and align it with your faith, then head over to Facebook and join the community group at Strong Faith Fit Life. That's Strong Faith Fit Life. Okay, back to the show. Nope, not at all. They're not. Carbohydrates get the worst rap because they are all inclusive, like a resort. That includes your alcohol, that includes your bread, that includes your salad, that includes your potato, all Mm -hmm. inclusive. I've had a conversation with someone the other day when our kids were asking for snacks and they were like, no carbohydrates. And I'm going to be honest, I was a little stumped. Like no bread, no fruit. And then my gut was like vegetables, which is still a carbohydrate, guys. Still Mm -hmm. a carbohydrate. So like, and then my brain is thinking meat and cheese, like what are you? And then I asked because I was like, I don't actually know what you mean. And it wasn't about any of those things. It was just no processed carbohydrates. Mm. So when we're thinking about kids, guys, this is going to be in the form of goldfish pretzels, just basically food that we tend to feed kids, which actually doesn't have much nutritional value. Um, So we're getting to the root here. No processed foods. Why? Because processed carbohydrates are not the same as starchy carbohydrates that come from the ground. Mm-hmm. They are not the same as a beautiful piece of fruit grown on a tree or a delicious cucumber that comes off the vine. And yes, they do come off a vine, just an FYI. Processed car- carbohydrates are created in a lab. And if you don't think that your major manufacturers are labs, you're wrong. Food science is literally food science for a reason. They spend a lot of money trying to pack extra flavor, extra stuff into your food. Um, And and let's be honest, box products. So let's talk about them as box products. They're not just carbohydrates. It's not a simple carbohydrate, not at all. And that's a bad term. I'm going to rephrase that. 
They're not a complex carbohydrate. So a processed carbohydrate is not the same as your plant carbohydrate. They're infused with sodiums, fats, MSG, and a wide variety of other chemical nutrients trying to mimic what nature has provided for us. When it comes to carbohydrates, we need to think of them in two piles, whole carbohydrates and refined carbohydrates. Yes, they, some people use complex carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates, but I think that that's not the easiest visual. So whole carbohydrates, refined carbohydrates. Whole carbohydrates have an excellent place in our diet. They're rich in fiber, vitamins, and minerals. They're more filling, and they create blood sugar stabilization. They're often referred to as the complex carbohydrate. Okay, just so you guys know that. As our budgets tighten and we have ourselves and our families to feed, whole carbohydrates are what we should be filling our cart. Okay, things like quinoa, vegetables, black beans, almonds, oatmeal, chia seeds, and even potatoes should find their way into our homes. Not only will these help keep us healthy, but they will also keep us feeling energized and not drained. Okay, so carbohydrates have energy. Just like we talked about before in previous episodes, food is fuel. Food has energy. So what about those other carbohydrates? Those are refined carbohydrates. These are the empty calories we fill our stomachs with. The sugary beverages. Yes, I'm looking at you, Starbucks, and your 700 calories. <laughs> that white bread that tastes so good, but is literally bereft of nutrition. Cookies, candies, pastries, french fries, potato chips. And I hate to say it, but if it comes in a package from the middle of the grocery store, chances are good. It's a highly refined carbohydrate. So you might be wondering why these are not optimal. Refined carbohydrates are partially digested, partially processed due to being heated or cooked, and then recooled and then heated and cooked again when we get our hands on them, okay? And when it comes to our digestion, these are the Audubon highways of foods. They do not take any time to digest or process. They go straight to your blood sugar. Um, they don't contain any, any amounts of fiber. And that's me looking at you bagels because I love a good bagel. Love a good bagel. But guess what, guys? Bagels have almost no fiber in them because of the way they're processed. They give us a quick boost, but they're all looks and no substance. Their energy level is high compared to their serving size. Let's look at cereals. Cereals are actually my favorite thing to kind of pick on, even though we're not really picking on them in general, because sometimes they have a place in your life. But when you look at your own cereal and take a look, I do actually want you guys to do this. If you're listening and you're willing to share, find your favorite cereal box in your pantry. Take a look and find out what the actual serving size is. I did this with my Cheerios because I liked Honey Nut Cheerios for a while. And I looked at it and I got my measuring cup. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to get your measuring cup out. I want you to measure your cereal into your measuring cup, put it in the same serving bowl that you would normally eat out of and have a look. Is it, do you eat more or less than that serving size? You're gonna quickly see that it's not very much food for the serving size to get that same caloric intake that you would get from say a baked potato. And when you realize that half of a baked potato is much more filling than that poultry serving of your favorite sugar-based cereal, you're gonna ask yourself the question that I did many years ago, why am I buying cereal? Like this is not even satisfying. Tastes good, not satisfying. One other thing to note, refined carbohydrates actually raise blood sugar. They will leave you feeling hungry and less satisfied than your whole or complex carbohydrates do. 
That's a guaranteed. That's why we eat probably three times the recommended dietary allowance of cereal for the day. And then we wonder why maybe weight loss is not working. However, when it comes to your budget, a head of cauliflower, a bag of potatoes, and even a huge sack of beans will go so much further and feed your family more than a box of cereal. So not only will you be eating healthier, your budget's going to thank you too. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow the show so you can get notified when we drop a new episode. You can also join us in our Facebook group, Strong Faith Fit Life. Hope to see you there. Until next time. Bye. Bye.